This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. the Lord speaks of and it points a time after the rapture of the church. It is a time when God would actively intervene in history to bring down judgment, His wrath on a world that has rejected His Son, which is the only way to salvation. That is why Jesus came to die, to save us. He's to save us from His wrath, to save us from eternal damnation. That is why He came. People always have, they'll say this in the world, why would God, a loving God, sent people to hell. Again, the question assumes that God sends people to hell. He doesn't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves to hell. Mankind has forever been trying to figure out when the day of the Lord will be. There have been numerous theories and predictions. But as Pastor Eddie teaches today, man simply will not know. Only God knows. So stop trying to figure it out. Instead, focus on living your life prepared for Jesus' return. Seek to spend this time well telling others of how to be saved from the judgment that's coming. Live for Jesus now and be ready for His return. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he begins his message, The Day of the Lord. Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to read from verses 1 through 11, verses 1 through 11. Paul writes, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day shall overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor dark of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as and the helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Well, in our last study, we studied chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, and where the Apostle Paul gives us the parzo. He gives us the rapture. And the church of the Thessalonians, they were concerned about fellow believers who had died in faith, and they were concerned that they would miss the rapture. But Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant. He says this in verse 13 of chapter 4. Concerning those who have fallen asleep, speaking of those whose bodies are in the ground, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We have the hope in Christ. So when a believer dies in Christ, we don't mourn as the world does. We have hope. 
And their bodies remain in the ground as their souls are right now in the very presence of the Lord. Because Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, he says this, To be absent of the body, so when your body goes to the ground, and is to be present with the Lord. Your soul will be in the very presence of God the moment your body, the moment you die. Then Paul says in verse 15, that we who are alive, you and I, will by no means precede those who are asleep. So if when Christ comes for the rapture of the church, if we are alive, we are not going to precede those who have fallen asleep. Their bodies, their souls are ready in the presence of God, but we're going to be caught up with them. So he says in verse 16 and 17, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up that's the word harpazo that's the word in the Latin raptus where we get the word rapture together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus I love this we shall always be with the Lord that is it the rapture or when you you died in faith as a born-again Christian, not as a Christian by, uh, by tradition, not as a Christian because your parents are Christians and your great-grandparents and so forth. No, because you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, a person, a Savior. He is your Lord. He is your, your Savior. And once you, you dedicate your life to him and say, I don't want to be a Christian because, you know, my family went to church. No, because I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, a person, a Savior. You, once you die, you will be in the presence of God. So um, we, we find ourselves now in chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and Paul now turns our attention from the rapture, from the rapture to the day of the Lord, from the rapture of the church to the day of the Lord. Now, before we begin our study, I think it's important for us to understand this biblical phrase that you probably read over and over again, but don't fully understand what does it mean, the day of the Lord? You probably have a few questions. Number one, you probably say, what is the day of the Lord? Or you would say, when will the day of the Lord take place? Or would it be a single day? Would it be several days? Would it be months? Would it be a year or years? We're going to define that for you. The phrase, the day of the Lord, is mentioned 32 times in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The day of the Lord, you'll find, is mentioned 32 times, 27 times in the Old Testament, and five times in the New Testament. So the Old Testament saints, they knew of this day of the Lord. They prophesied about it over and over again, and so they have now passed it down to us, and now we have it in the New Testament. Today, we're still are studying the day of the Lord, and it's mentioned again 32 times in the entire uh, Bible. Now, there are those who, who associate the day of the Lord with the rapture as one of the same. It is not. Um, as we examine the scriptures and look at the scripture in totality and look at every passage that has this phrase, the day of the Lord, all 32 of them, I looked at most of them, but I got the point. All I needed was a few. I'm sure I've read them all in my walk with the Lord. But it has to deal, the day of the Lord speaks of and point to a time, a time, pay attention, a time after the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church. Now you know what the day of the Lord is. We're going to read some verses. You know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen after the church. So whenever you hear the phrase day of the Lord, you're not going to be here. And after I read a couple of verses, you don't want to be here. 
The day of the Lord speaks of and appoints a time after the rapture of the church. It is a time when God would actively intervene in history to bring down judgment, his wrath on a world that has rejected his son, which is the only way to salvation. That is why Jesus came to die, to save us. He's to save us from his wrath, to save us from eternal damnation. That is why he came. People always have, they'll say this in the world. Why would God, a loving God, send people to hell? Again, the question assumes that God sends people to hell. He doesn't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves to hell. He made a way. He came and died on the cross so you don't have to go to hell. He came and made a way, but those who reject the only way to be saved from the wrath to come and to be saved from eternal damnation, you reject that only way. Jesus is the, is the only way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man goes to the Father, as to heaven, except through me. And so I'll read a couple of verses. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 6. It says this, Wail, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 9. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he will destroy its sinners from it. Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 10. For this is the day of the Lord, God of hosts, a day of vengeance. Joel chapter 1, verse 15. For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Joel chapter 2, verse 11. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? And I'm going to read a long one for you. I would recommend you read the whole chapter, Zephaniah. Chapter 1, verses 14 to 16, it says, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasten quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified city and against the high towers. So do you want to be here for the day of the Lord? I don't think any one of us who accepted Jesus Christ has got an invitation for the day of the Lord. You did not because you're not subject to the day of the Lord. Second Peter chapter 3, he writes this. We'll read this verse again later on. He said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. The first judgment in the Old Testament that God judged the world because it was wicked and it was continually wicked was judged with a flood. The next judgment will come. It won't be water. It would be fire. It would be fire. And as you read some of the passages of the day of the Lord, you'll find that what's going to consume it and make it desolate is fire. So that's just a few verses out of the 32, 32 verses of the day of the Lord. So when would the day of the Lord, this judgment, be poured out? When would it be? Obviously, it will, it will take place after the rapture. When we look at all the scripture concerning the day of the Lord, and if you study, you'll find that the day of the Lord is after the rapture. You'll find um, it's also mentioned in Daniel, the 70th week of Daniel, spoken of in Daniel chapter 9. It's also known as the time of Jacob's trouble, spoken of in Jeremiah chapter 30. It's also known as the great tribulation that Jesus has warned us in, his, in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And how long would it last? It would last for seven 
full years. Seven full years. You find that in Daniel's 70 week, and you also find it in the book of Revelation. You want to know what's going to happen exactly during the great tribulation? You and I are not going to be here. Read Revelations chapter 6 through 19. That section of the book of Revelation gives you the great tribulation. It gives you the day of the Lord. Okay? Because when you read Revelation chapter 1, that's an introduction to the letter. Chapters 2 and 3, you want to know where we are now when it comes to end times or the last days? By the way, the last day began in the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, just like the day of the Lord is not a singular day, it's seven years, and I'm going to show you that, so is the last days. It's thousands of years. It is God's dispensation of grace. It happens from the time the church was birthed at the day of Pentecost till the time Christ comes. Are we living in the last day? Yes. So was the early church. So was the early church. So where are we when it comes to the book of Revelation? You want to know where we are? And I recommend that you do read it. It's the most important part that you and I need to read. Everybody wants to know about the dragons, the, the Antichrist. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm waiting for Jesus Christ. Who cares about the Antichrist? We're not going to be here when the Antichrist comes. He may be on earth. We don't know. But it's not only a man. It could also be a, a system. The spirit of Antichrist. Okay, just like Israel was named, Jacob was named Israel, but then you have Israel as a nation, as a people, right? And so you want to know the most important part of the book of Revelation that you and I need to read is chapters 2 and 3. Why? Because chapter 2 and 3 is the letters to the churches, the letters to the seven churches. And in those seven letters, these churches really exist historically. And, and if you study them, historically they existed. Uh, there was a study of an archaeologist, his name is Sir William Ramsey, who actually did an archaeological discovery in many of these cities. They actually existed. And then if you study that, you'll find that the church history from the day of Pentecost to the, today, you'll find that when you read the letters, we all have a little bit of, the history has a little bit of Laodicea, has a little bit of Smyrna, has a little bit of, uh, you know, Ephesus. But then now we also have to look at it personally. Personally, when you read the letters to the seven churches, you may find yourself as the church of Ephesus with a little bit of Laodicea, you see. We need to be ready. And that's why God, Jesus, had the book, the seven letters before the tribulation because it's God's divine order. is a divine outline in the book of Revelation because we have the letters to the seven churches. We're still here. The church is still here. When we get to chapter 4 and 5, the rapture, we have the heavenly scene, chapter 4 and 5. And then chapter 6 through 19 is the day of the Lord, seven years. While we're in heaven celebrating, we're no longer the church. As soon as we're caught up to be with Christ, we're the bride. He came for his bride. So there's going to be seven years in heaven of a, this honeymoon, this reception, this wedding taking place, seven years in heaven. And th at the same time, down here on earth, there's going to be seven years of great tribulation. The day of the Lord is going to be poured out during that time. We'll be in the vestibule. We'll be watching all this. And that's why it's important for us to be ready. So now, you'll find in the book of Revelation, you'll find the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of God's wrath. It's just, it's just one after the other. And that's the day of the Lord. 
But unlike the rapture, the rapture is different. We study the rapture. We're not here for this. The rapture is going to take place, as, as, as Paul tells us, a twinkling of an eye. So the, the rapture, we just finished studying last week, that's going to happen within a twinkling of an eye. The day of the Lord is going to happen seven years. What a drastic difference. Twinkling of an eye. Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, we will be caught up. And it's not a blink of an eye. People confuse. A blink of an eye and a twinkling eye are two different things. A blink of an eye is a lot slower than a twinkling of an eye. A blink, it's about 300 to 400 milliseconds. That's how long it takes for that blink. 300 to 400 milliseconds. However, the twinkling of an eye has to deal with the speed of light. And light travels 186,000 miles per second. So as that light enters into your eyeball, reaches the back of your eyeball, and comes back out, it's one billionth of a second. So one billionth of a second, we will be raptured. And after the rapture, the day of the Lord begins. Judgment on, down here on earth. And so when we see the day of the Lord, it speaks to and it points to God's wrath to a world that has rejected his way of salvation. It is not by religion. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you were born a uh, Catholic, Presbyterian, whatever. You need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And you need to know sound doctrine. You need to understand that you need to first repent. That is the way for salvation. Repent It's not because you feel bad. You could feel bad, but not repent. You could, be, you could feel bad because you, you're proven to be a sinner and you're guilty, but you need to repent and then turn your life around and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. So that is, the day, that is the day of the Lord. So whenever you read this in passage in Scripture, whether it's in the Old Testament, New Testament, understand it's speaking of a time when the church is caught up to be with Christ. We're not going to be here for that. So we read that text. Let us study it now verse by verse. Verse Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul begins by saying, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren. Concerning the time and the season, brethren. He's making his transition from the rapture. He got that out of the way. He made it clear. Now he's making his way, and, and now he's going to explain this day of the Lord. And apparently, Timothy, when he went to see the Thessalonians, not only were they concerned about those who died before the coming of Christ, the rapture, they also wanted to know when. When? When will this happen? It's always a question. When is the Lord coming? When is the rapture? When is all these things? And we find that it was never meant for us to know when. We just need to know it's going to happen. So he says, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. In other words, we don't really need to write to you about the times and the season of the coming of the Lord or the day of the Lord. In fact, Jesus gave the similar answer to his disciples. We've always been concerned when, when, when. Even the disciples, you remember in the in book of Acts chapter 1, when Jesus, before he ascended up to be in heaven with the Father, he spent a few times, the Bible says he spent 40 days after his resurrection. So after he rose from the grave, he didn't just go to heaven and say, hey guys, how you doing? I just conquered the grave, check it out, I'll see you later. No, he spent 40 days. And as he was about to be ascended up to heaven, the disciples asked Jesus the question, Lord, 
Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They just cared about Israel. Kingdom is not of this world. But they want to know when he really was to come. And this is what Jesus said, and I think it's important for all of us. Jesus said in Acts chapter 7, verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 7, I'm sorry. After they asked the question, Lord, when? Jesus said, it is not for you to know. Not for you to know times or season when the Father has put in his own authority. Never was meant, never was meant for us to understand. Well, let's go, I'll give you a few more verses. Jesus also said in Matthew 24, verse 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew chapter 24, verse 44. Therefore, you also be ready. That's what we should do. Be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. In Jesus' Olivet Discourse, uh, there in Jerusalem, just a few feet away, you can actually see Jerusalem, and there's a hill there where all the, uh, where the Mount of Olives is. Um, they asked Jesus the question. Jesus went on to say in Matthew 24, verses 48, he says, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You'd be surprised how many religions out there where they have their leader consider themselves to be the Christ. There are a lot. Verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But, we're gonna, don't we hear that all the time? But he says, see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But, here it is, the end is not yet. The end is not yet. How many times people say, oh, war, oh, Jesus is coming. Oh, it's almost World War Three. Some people went to World War IV without three. I don't know how they did that, but who? Oh, God, he said, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, for nation rises against nation and the kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning, beginning, beginning of sorrows. It is only the beginning, Jesus says. And Jesus says, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. And right away, you'll see those, who he, when you hear famine and everything, oh, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Or they start, setting, they start setting dates and time. How many, I've been in the body of Christ for so long. Over and over again, people make all kinds of dates. It's on YouTube, on Facebook. And they say, hey, Pastor, hey, what do you think about this? He's not coming yet. Oh, what about this? But, but the full moon, it's not coming. Oh, wait a minute. Jewish calendar, he's not coming. Because if you know, he's not coming. Very simple. Very simple. Jesus said, you do not know. I'm You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and applicable things in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Toward the end of this book, there are some verses that might be viewed as a test or a challenge depending on what you're going through. The author of this letter, the Apostle Paul, says to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. Do you have much to be thankful and grateful for today? Be reminded that Jesus coming back someday is the greatest reason to rejoice. It's a hope that you can hold on to 
when the rest of the world is hopeless. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we look forward to the next edition of Running the Race.